Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of realeverything.com. I'm all about loving the skin you're in and being healthy inside and out. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne of thepaleomom.com. I believe that scientific literacy is the key to improving public health. Welcome back to The Whole View episode. Wait for it. 420. And we're we're sure we've triple checked our math skills mm-hmm. because this week we are re-talking about CBD and what for episode, episode 420. What better episode <laughs> than 420? But um all jokes aside, you know, we did have a CD a CBD episode. That's difficult to say three times fast. Oh, um a couple of Gosh, was that like a year ago? I feel like it was quite a while ago. It was about six six months. It was episode three ninety three. So, well, I can not tell quite you six months ago. CBD was something that I had to avoid while I worked full time, and it's ridiculous because if you use a quality brand, it's zero percent THC which we did talk about on that Mm -hmm. show um but I had a security clearance that I didn't want to jeopardize and I had read about it being good for um not just the anxiety and some of the things that we talked about last time but also for pain management and reducing inflammation and I you know I've had this back injury for years and I think we even talked about well Stacey have you considered that for your back and I was like no it's not really an option for me (laughs) you know but um I had a flare when we were camping, I think about like six weeks ago. And um, I was talking to you about how normally that kind of flare would have taken me out for a week. Like I couldn't walk. I was dragging my leg on the ground. And um, it was like from overexertion. I was, you know, paddleboarding and kayaking and doing all kinds of stuff and twisting my back. And um, I woke up the next morning completely stiff. And um, I was telling you that all I did was I took one NSAID once when I woke up and then I just took CBD and got in a pool and did my physical therapy and did all these things without taking like the muscle relaxers and like the hard kind of prescription medications that I've been Mm -hmm. given before. And I know, and I didn't have to take any more NSAIDs once I kind of got that initial inflammation down, the CBD was able to regulate it. And then I was able to get my physical therapy in the pool. And then I didn't have any more issues. It was crazy. And you were like, Stacey, you need to tell people about that. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to talk more about kind of my personal experience with pain management and how I got to knowing what I needed to do to manage my pain and how um, I have been able to do much more strenuous exercise and different kinds of things re- more recently, um, which I, I genuinely do attribute to starting to incorporate CBD as my regular routine. Mm-hmm. So Sarah's got some more science for us on the mechanisms for that because there is science and yeah. don't, don't be like me and get like initially thrown off by, well, that's for marijuana. I want nothing to do with it. Um, if you have any chance, if you have pain, like figure out a way to at least try it. And um, we are partnering with One Farm, the brand that we love for tested and um, organic, Organic. Mm -hmm. all, you know, USA, all the things, because if you are going to try it, we want you to use a brand that will be effective and that is giving you the benefits of CBD that Sarah's going to talk about is for a brand like this, not for who knows what you're going to get at like, you know, the quickie mart. (laughs) I've seen so many like (laughs) stores in the area that like, you know, they're like vape shops and they're, and I'm like, oh gosh, no, don't, I don't know what that is. Don't, don't do that. Find a reputable brand that, um, you can be assured is tested and safe for you. So that's why we've asked One Farm to partner with us this week and also um, are sharing with you, our listeners, a 15% off code for Whole View. 
one of the things I am going to recommend is a topical CBD treatment as well as um, consumed, whether that's um, an oil like we, Sarah and I take, mm-hmm. um, or in this case, I also put, especially when I'm in a flare, like a, a lotion on the back that also has um, benefits of CBD. So one farm has an awesome turmeric lotion. Um, and so you can check and that it's, out. It's not orange. It won't like, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to dye your skin orange. It just has, you know, it's CBD is the main active ingredient in it. And it has a few other things to make it even better. Yes. So, um, I personally have been using one farm. I recommend one farm. You can get 15% off with uh, onefarm.com slash the whole view and 50% off with whole view. So hopefully that is helpful for you. If you want to know more on the basics of CBD and um, more about that brand, we did talk more about it in episode 393 and we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I know Sarah, you, you like one farm as well. Um, yeah, I've been using one farm as so um, one farm used to be called Wabe Organics. Um, so I've been using them so long that I've been using them like before they were one farm. <laughs> um, and, you know, they just check all the boxes for me. So I was really actually what inspired me to try CBD for myself was um, a bunch of questions about CBD for pain management actually in a session, I think two three years ago of the Atomy Protocol Lecture Series. And, you know, at the time, it wasn't something that I had really dug into the science in in depth. But um, when I'm teaching that course, I always, like, I try not to leave any question unanswered. So if it's something I don't know, I go and I spend the, whatever the time is to dig into the science to be able to answer the question um, in a, you know, not just a surface way, but in an in-depth way. And what that research basically did was, you know, talk me into like I should be trying this and um and I um I chose one farm uh by Wabe used to be Wabe um because they are um entirely USA based right their USDA organic farm is in Colorado and their USDA facility they they do every single step so they're growing industrial grade hemp um it's organic it's um, they're doing CO2 extraction, they're doing the bottling, then they do everything small batch so that they can control the um, quality, then they do full third party testing on every batch. Um, so it's a, just a really high quality product. And, you know, the unfortunate thing when it comes to CBD, like Stacy, you're, you're right that if you're in a job where you might get random drug screening. That's like, especially the case of like not wanting to mess with um, a, a, a CBD that's not a super high validated source because you don't necessarily know how much THC is going to be in that product. Um, and THC is what they're, THC is the part of um, cannabis that is responsible for the, the psychoactive effects. Um, it's, they're both like, you know, they're basically phytochemicals from cannabis. Um, Cannabidiol is what CBD is, and THC stands for some big long name that I don't remember, um, is the thing that basically makes people high and have the munchies. Whereas CBD is responsible for a lot of the other benefits. And it's, it's actually really interesting, we'll get into this, of looking at like separating out the impact of both of those different types of phytochemicals because CBD offers so many benefits through the endocannabinoid system that um, it really kind of opens up the door to being used as, I mean, really like as a drug, like it, it really has some pretty amazing um, impacts on human health that have been, there are tens of thousands of studies now looking at it. Um, And, you know, it's, there are now studies looking at therapeutic value in, in a variety of situations. Um, and again, we'll, we're going to focus more on pain in this particular episode, but it, it's, it's got a lot of science behind it is, is the, is what I'm trying to say. And so I, um, I started trying it for myself and I found, um, 
you know, not just, it's not just helpful for a fibromyalgia flare. So fibromyalgia pain is my first symptom that I get when I'm not doing everything perfectly. Like it's the, oh, you didn't sleep well last night or, oh, you're a little bit stressed about the deadline or like, it's, it's really like, but my, uh, it's my body's canary in the coal mine is, is fibromyalgia pain. Um, so it's the first thing to turn on when, oh, you, you had, you know, you had some sugar yesterday here. How about waking up feeling like someone threw shards of glass in between all of the little bones in your feet? That's, that's sort of the, the, um, symptom that I get as a first symptom. Um, when, again, <laughs> when something, some diet or lifestyle factor is not perfect, um, and so I started using CBD sort of transiently for that. And one of the things I found was that it was so beneficial for my sleep and for um, my anxiety that I've now gone into daily use. And I, I use it prophylactically. I use it every night before I go to bed. Um, and then I actually keep a bottle on my desk, which I use for anxiety throughout the day, especially I have found my anxiety has kicked up about 17,000 notches in 2020. So it's been something that has, has been, um, I went over the last three years, I really transitioned from using it occasionally when I had a specific symptom that I knew it could help to using it on a daily basis. And it's just one of those, um, you know, for me, it's it's just one of those like indispensable tools in the toolbox. It's not the only tool in the toolbox, but it's like the hammer. How can you do things with you can't do anything without the hammer? It's it's the hammer. And then like the screwdriver is diet and then the pliers is lifestyle. I, I this analogy is getting away from me. Help help reel me in. I was like trying to help and then I was just kind of enjoying watching you drown a little bit um but here's a lifeline okay so um I also very similarly to you started with just using it occasionally for when I felt like I needed it and I really focused on anxiety like I don't it didn't really occur to me that it could I'm going to be honest. I didn't think it would actually help with pain management. Let me just put that out there. Let me, I was the biggest skeptic of CBD, (laughs) (laughs) kind of like red light. Um, I didn't believe it could actually work until we did the podcast and I learned the science. And so though I was using CBD, like occasionally, um, after the podcast, it kind of got my mind going a little bit more on like, okay, this could be beneficial to use on a more regular basis. And, um, I started regularly taking 10 milligrams at a time. So I'm going to be specific about what I do and what works for me. And let me just remind everybody, we're not medical professionals. Um, CBD is a supplement. So you, it's not like tested or approved as a drug by the FDA, though One Farm is unique in its USDA certification for organic farming. So I want to just kind of set those things off to the side first, because I think it's important to understand those. But um, because I'm talking about my personal experience, and I'm sharing that because I was such a skeptic, (laughs) like I I didn't um, believe it could have the effect that it has had. So Mm -hmm. there's been a couple of things, obviously, that I've done um, to help improve my back. But for those people who maybe this is your first time listening or, you know, you don't know the story with my back injury, I was a competitive lifter and I fancied myself a, well, I didn't fancy myself. I was Northern Virginia's strongest woman. (laughs) Like I, I won the title of Northern Virginia's strongest woman and I competed in the sport of strong man, which was obviously strong woman for me. And, um, I was working in the garden and there was someone who implied that I wasn't strong enough to do something. And like the stubborn Italian redheaded stepchild that I am, I showed them that I could do it by myself. And in the process, gave myself a classic garden injury with compression of lower discs, pinching nerve, blah, blah, blah. And I went through a whole bunch of um, doctors and physical therapy for years. And essentially, it got to the point where the doctor 
had said, there's nothing I can do unless you want to have surgery. Surgery will only get you to at the most 80% of what you were before. And you're not going to be able to lift heavy weights again anymore because every time I do that, it kind of um, compresses those discs again for me. So I need to work on like core strength versus like, you know, lifting for my legs and all that kind of stuff, if that makes sense. So um, I was able to over the last couple of years, actually get myself to like 95%. I very rarely have a flare. Um, I don't experience day in and day out pain like I used to. I used to be kind of at, I mean, we, if you go back and listen to my back pain episode, it kind of breaks my heart to even think about like how depressed I was from how much pain I was in all the time. Um, You know, back pain is the kind of pain where um, even just like a low level amount it's relentless because whether no matter what you're doing, you're in pain. <laughs> like you're walking. There's no okay position. There's nothing. There's yeah. nothing you can do. So whether, you know, I walked or whether I laid or whether I stretched or whether I, you know, no matter what I did, the only relief that I was able to get was in the water. And um, so I started doing water aerobics. I started doing red light therapy and I, I saw some good results from that. And that kind of allowed me to, um, start riding my Peloton bike. And around that same time, I started after our podcast taking CBD every day. And so I had gone from like this, maybe like 90% operation. I think if you go back and listen, I would say it was at 90% to now being at what I would describe 95%. And maybe 5% doesn't sound like a lot to you, but like, that's like, I basically don't have any pain anymore all the time. (laughs) That's a big deal for me. And, um, in addition to that, when I have a flare, so first of all, I don't flare as much or um, as hard. So like when I have a flare, it's not as severe as when I look back to maybe like two years ago when it literally took me out for um, like 10 days worth of work and I had to get really heavy prescription medication and just do nothing but lay on my side. Now I had a flare when we were camping and it lasted, uh, like the severe part of it lasted about four hours until my son was able to go ride his bike up to the camp store, get, I, I know NSAIDs are not great, but they're an anti-inflammatory and sometimes that's what you need. So I, I got one dose of an NSAID and then um, I had my CBD with me because I take it every day. I took those and was able to, to get myself into the pool because of those two things. And that was it. That was like all I needed. And from there, all I took was CBD. And that, I, I say this because I you, you look at someone who I was on the sofa, I was already doing lifestyle factors. I was already doing mm-hmm. low, you know, um, anti-inflammatory food. I was already, you know, optimizing my sleep. I was already doing a lot of the things that we talk about, yet I was laid up for over a week on really heavy prescription medication to try to mitigate the pain and inflammation that my body was in from um, a flare and then go to oh, now I'm perfectly fine and I just need to take my CBD for the next couple of days to keep that inflammation down. Like that to me has the potential to change lives. Like, because it really, I I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it really does change the quality of my life in order to know that I have that option and to know that like, even if I overexert myself when we're, you know, doing strenuous family activities or I can go on that hike and even if I tweak my back, like I'm going to be okay. And I can do strenuous exercise. (laughs) So the, the one thing that I want to say, and I'm going to probably get like a little teary eyed talking about it is I, I genuinely feel like CBD also allowed, um, biking into my life. So when quarantine came in, I couldn't go to water aerobics anymore. And I I was crushed. I mean, Sarah, you and I talked about it. Like I, I was like, I can do everything except I, I'm having a really hard time not getting my physical exercise and my alone time. And that was like my restorative, not just physical, but emotional health, right? Like it was, it was so important for me. And I got this, I got a bike. Um, I got the bike. This is not a plug for them. So I'm not going to say the name, but everybody knows I got the bike, right? <laughs> I, think, I feel like you've already actually said it. Okay. Maybe that was 
Maybe that was before we started recording. Well, but I love it's okay. I, you be I, coy I now. It. it doesn't matter what you know. What whatever you you do, you. I got the bike for quote unquote. I'm using quotation marks. I got the bike for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> And it was because I was afraid to say that I wanted it for myself because if I got on it and it hurt my back, then I would have just spent a lot of money for nothing, right? And so I, like, asked all the boys, would you ride this if I got it? And they said yes. And not a single one of them has ridden it. I mean, they, like, <laughs> rode it the first week we got it, and then they, like, lost interest. But um, I I know that there is absolutely no way that I could have done that strenuous exercise before I had this, like, reduction in inflammation. Being able to take myself to, you know, no pain on the regular means that if I ride the bike and I I go hard, like today I went hard and I pushed myself and I cried because I needed it emotionally, right? Like, you, you know, when you're lifting or when you're doing those things and you, like, you tell yourself, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then you like push through and you do it and you just have this huge yeah. release and you're like, oh my God, I did it. I'm amazing. Mm-hmm. I can do anything. Um, yeah, that happened to me one uh, one workout. With, uh, basically, every time I have to run holding on to something, like <laughs> run. a run slam it ball, <laughs> uh, it's, it's like running holding on to a weight. It gets me every time and I, I ball my eyes out when I'm done that workout. Every single time. I don't like doing it. It's not my favorite. Well, sometimes you need that release, though. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> yeah. Today, I, like, texted you. I'm like, listen, I'm going to need to be, like, 15 minutes late because I need to ride. Like, I need to be in a good mental space, and I need I need to, like, go do this thing. And um, so I – there is absolutely no way I could have pushed myself like that before because now I have right now after I ride the bike I have this very low level amount of pain like five to ten percent if you know if I was like looking on a chart I'd be like a between a one to two on a ten scale right but that one to two if I don't take care of myself and if I don't like moderate and make sure that my food is optimal for low inflammation that day and if I don't take CBD to keep the inflammation down it escalates and as I sleep when I wake up the next morning it'll be a seven to eight that's Mm. how my back pain works right like I I have to be very aware I have to do all those things and so I share this because it's not just as simple as like odio I'm just gonna like take CBD and everything will be great I, I got to a point where I like I I built up to it, right? I started with smaller, shorter, easier rides just to make sure how I would respond. I warm up, I cool down, I stretch. I'm I'm mindful of these things, but I also know that um, there was something special about the CBD aspect that I had asked you, like, am I losing my mind or is this reducing my inflammation? (laughs) And you said, no, you're not losing your mind. Like there's legit science in that. Yeah. So maybe maybe we could talk a little bit about that. And I don't know if you have questions. I just rambled for a long time. But um, I just I just listeners, I want you to know that like if you or someone you know is experiencing chronic pain, whatever they need to do to make trying this work help them. Please, like they're in a they're in a place where they think that they're they are potentially right. I don't know them, yeah. but where I was, I was in a place where I thought nothing could work. I I had given up physical therapy didn't work, like the tough, the like hardcore, you know, spinal injections weren't working. Like, I mean, I went through some, some serious stuff with my back and to be able to sit here today and tell you that I can do strenuous exercise, that I can go hiking with my kids, that I can, you know, get on a paddleboard and know that I've pushed myself and that I have a way to still feel good. Like that quality of life is invaluable. And I just really want people to know that it's possible. Um, I, and this is why I was like, we really need to talk about this on the podcast because I think that um, I think that you're right in that um, people can sort of understand that if you're high, right? If you're taking cannabis and you're getting the THC, like the there's an association with like a painkiller and being high, right? If you think about uh, prescription opioids, right? Those make you high. Um, it's like how strong they are is how um, like how much they mean the really, really don't operate heavy machinery warning on the label. Right. And 
it sort of feels, I think it's a natural skepticism that if you take that out of this product, right, you are, um, you are creating a, um, you know, a hemp oil that is high in CBD, but it doesn't have this thing that makes you high. Well, then how can it, how can it actually work as a painkiller, right? Like how that it's, it doesn't seem like the normal things that we go to for pain. And I think, um, I think that's why it's so cool to really look at the science because there is a lot of it. So to give a brief recap of everything we covered in episode 393, and I, you know, I did a, a really much more thorough breakdown in terms of what the endocannabinoid system is and where CBD binds to what kinds of receptors and what kinds of tissues to modulate what kinds of effects. Um, but the, the like elevator pitch cliff notes version of that, let's face it, this is a really tall building that we're about to get in the elevator for, but the, the short form of that is. <laughs> Your metaphors are off the chart I today. I was I like, I, okay, I just want to highlight, like I'm living for that one. Let's face it. I'm about to be really long winded, but I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, I need to, I don't know what's wrong with my metaphors today. They're just, they're not, they're not, they're not with me, but that's all right. Oh, they're amazing. Um, they're amazing in a whole different way. <laughs> All right. Um, so let me not elevator pitch. Let me just let me just summarize. How about that? It's not a metaphor at all. It's an actual just word that describes what I'm about to do. Um, the endocannabinoid system is uh, a system in the human body that is basically the interface between the sensation of pain, the emotional response to that pain. And the physiological response to the pain, so like the healing inflammatory processes, right? So pain is often caused by an injury. So you need um, you need to be able to have you know ramp up your immune response to go and heal whatever damage there is, even if it's just a stubbed toe. There's still going to be some kind of bruising that needs to be fixed, and then the um, emotional response, right? So if you think about um, pain, the context of pain changes how the emotional response is, right? So you can think about how, um, if you, you stubbed your toe for the third time that day, that that third time is so much more frustrating. You have this like magnet magnified emotional response compared to the first time where you had almost no emotional response. And it's, um, it's the endocannabinoid system that is linking all of those different things together and putting context to pain, which drives the emotional response. But then also it's the endocannabinoid system that is basically activating the immune response in, res in response to, I felt pain. Like I felt pain, obviously something immune system wise has to happen now. Um, so the endocannabinoid system is also the system that is responsible for the maladaptation to chronic pain. So chronic pain comes with, as Stacey, you know, as you were talking about in your personal experience, it comes with, um, you know, basically mental health challenges. Um, it also comes with a highly ramped up emotional response that's not necessarily proportional to whatever is causing that ongoing pain. So that maladaptation to chronic pain is also mediated by the endocannabinoid system. So cannabinoids, which are, right, endo means within, right? So endocannabinoid is the um, system within the human body that is where the signaling is performed by cannabinoids and cannabinoid receptors taking an exogenous cannabinoid, right? So that's what CBD is. It's um, interfacing with that system, but it wasn't made by the human body. It actually binds with receptors and it, in a variety of different situations, has very powerful anti-inflammatory effects, immunomodulatory effects, but as well as what are considered both primary and secondary influences on pain. So what that means is influencing the primary perception of pain. So how it's basically acting as an analgesic, as a painkiller, but the secondary influence on pain is also everything downstream from that. So um, it's been shown to be beneficial in terms of uh, 
immune regulation, the healing response, the mental health, right? The emotional response to pain, as well as the physical sensation of pain. So every single piece of that system where you're interfacing pain, the emotional response and the physiological response to the pain. And so it's been studied for years. There's a huge wealth of scientific studies. So the early studies really looked at cannabis as a whole, right? So um, a lot of it was just medical marijuana use and looked at pain management. Um, a lot of the early studies, for example, were um, uh, pain in cancer therapies. Um, and so a lot of the early studies didn't separate out THC from CBD, but over the last few years, there's been a ton more studies that have looked at CBD um, separate from, from THC. So there's a huge variety of studies showing that the combination of THC and CBD, um, whether that's whole cannabis or whether it's a, you know, carefully manipulated combination of the two, you know, delivered in some way, sometimes it's delivered orally, sometimes it's um, inhaled, right? So there's, there's different delivery methods, but there's huge um, meta-analyses and we can link to um, a relatively recent one in the show notes if anybody's interested that shows the huge range of different contexts where cannabis use is um, effective for pain management. What's really interesting is, right, separating out THC, separating out that thing that makes you high and how effective CBD by itself um, can be for pain. And what's interesting is as this data is accumulating, it looks like CBD broadly, you know, helps most pain types, um, but it's not necessarily across the board. So there have been studies that have shown that it works for pain associated with multiple sclerosis, spinal cord injury, brachial plexus injury, limb amputation, uh, like phantom limb syndrome, pain associated with kidney transplantation, fibromyalgia pain, and non-cancer chronic pain. Um, but there was a study showed recently that it did not help with generalized chronic pain, but it helped those patients still with sleep and some other metrics that they were looking at. There was a recent study showing that it didn't help with Crohn's disease pain. And so what we're, we're at a point now where the, the studies are sort of accumulating data showing um, that it can help in most situations um, as a very powerful analgesic, potentially not all situations. Um, but also this is where you look at, okay, well, like what was the dose? What was the regimen? What else are, you know, what else was going on? Was there anything interfering? We're still in a, in a place where like more science is needed. Um, I would love to see CBD research be in a place where they can say, okay, for this situation, take this much, you know, this many hours apart. Right. And that, that type of, um, like detailed protocol that's situation dependent still doesn't exist. And it may, as you know, the FDA is interested in regulating CBD as a drug, that may come, um, especially if that happens. But for now, um, we kind of have to look at individual studies and um, really we're, we're sort of at a place where, again, we are not medical professionals. This is a supplement. Check with your doctor. Um, always with supplements, you want to be, you know, medically supervised. Um, but what um, a lot of doctors do that use CBD in their practices for various things is they um, they have a protocol for sort of like dialing in an individualized dose. So it'll be like start with a low dose and then it's like creep up and and go to where you have the the desired effects. So I just sort of wanted to mention in terms of dose. There's a huge range that has been studied in this in the scientific literature, and um, there isn't there isn't a standardized dose of CBD for a specific situation. So I, I wanted to. I, I just want to say while we're talking about doses, because I started to talk about this and then I didn't finish. Is there? I think there's also um, even if there was a recommended dose, right? Like when you look at the one farm bottle, it it has like a take this amount, this, you know, twice a day, I think is what it says. I actually don't take them. I actually don't take CBD twice a day unless I'm um, feeling anxious later in the day or I am um, trying to 
help my back in some sort of way. But I personally find for my own needs that just taking 10 milligrams in the morning is all I need every day. And that's very, very little. Like the the recommended dose on the bottle, not just one farm, but different brands that I've seen is like 20 milligrams twice a day. Or for me, if I have a back flare, I'll take about 25. So mm-hmm. I'll do um, I'll do a little bit more than what would be like this standard amount, so to speak. And that's that's what I need. And I think part of this is just like you would tweak your lifestyle factors to what works for you and bio-individuality. I think that when it comes to the science, it's kind of makes sense to me, right? Because we're talking about like hormone receptors and different kinds of things that are really individual to you. And um, your body might need more or less to feel something. And I think that it's important to, as Sarah said, kind of ramp up slow and see Mm -hmm. what you feel and if you feel a response. Because Matt feels nothing at the amount that I take. Like for when he tries to take it for anxiety, if he took the amount that I take, like it has zero effect on him. Right. And I don't want someone to be like, well, this doesn't work. Um, and it might not work, but you do need to find that sweet spot. I'll say the reason that I take such a low dose and I'm, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty self-aware in terms of things that affect me. Um, is that if I take 20, I lose motivation. <laughs> Interesting. So, um, it's like, it's so calming that it, um, it like dampens down that super control freak part of me um, in a good way. But that means that like, I kind of just don't care about some things that maybe I, I need to care about. <laughs> like, I don't have that effect. So um, for reference, just to, um, again, sort of full transparency for, for our audience. So I take 20 milligrams before bed. And if I'm taking it throughout the day, I take 15. And, um, so I am taking, uh, a lot more CBD than you. Um, I get, um, like, I definitely feel, cause I'm, if I take it during the day, it is typically for anxiety, unless I'm having a fibromyalgia flare and then I'm also taking it for pain. Um, am I taking it before bed? It is part of winding down before bed. So I definitely find that it's calming. Um, but when I take it during the day, I actually feel more focused. Um, I feel like it kind of, it turns off the like racing part of my brain that's out of control so that I can actually, I get more work done if that makes any sense. So it's almost like interesting because it's also like caffeine affects both of us so differently. Right. And so it does, it does take the um, anxiety edge off. Like if you're feeling overwhelmed by work and e-learning and (laughs) all of those things, like the anxiety edge of that, definitely. I am. And anxious about the things that I need to do. I just kind of, this is what I need to do. This is the order that I'm going to do it in. And kind of like you with the focus, but yeah. if I take too much, then I'm like, you know what? I don't really need to do all these things. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I just need to take more to experience that. Um, <laughs> like, I'm maybe just you're gonna, more sensitive yep, than I am. Yeah. I'm just going to relax because that's what feels right right now. And that is a good thing sometimes, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what, that's why it's helping people sleep because it's turning off that part of your brain that's keeping you like awake, worrying and, and fretting and all of those kinds of things. It is helping with that for some people, right? Like, um, and also let's just also, as we have said, nothing is universal. Everything is bio-individual and it's not very effective for Matt. He had high hopes. He has to take kind of a high dose in order to see a result. And that might be because he has ADD and he's on medication for that. And it probably complicates like how the systems all work together. But that said, um, I, I am genuinely surprised at how little I need to feel better. So on a daily yeah. basis, I'm taking 10 and I would say I'm doing that six days a week. Like I might forget a day and, or, you know, whatever, or, you know, decide, Hey, I'm just going to relax today and I'm not going to think about things and I don't even need to worry about it. But, um, it's only when I'm having trouble or anxiety sleeping, which as you indicated in 2020 is more often than not, Mm -hmm. um, that I'll take another dose in the evening, um, the same amount, or if I'm having 
pain, that is when I increase the dose. And I have found that the sweet spot for me on that is about 25. Um, but I also need to be aware that when I take that much, I'm not like, I'm, I'm focusing on healing at that time. I'm not focusing on, okay, and let me be super productive at that time. And I think that's, that's natural and healthy for my body too, right? Like you're, our bodies are not biologically developed in order for us to add the stress of work and homeschool and all of these kinds of things while also trying to heal. If we go back to our ancestors, like they were doing one or the other, they weren't like trying to do everything at once. So for me, it makes sense that if you're trying to heal and rest and recover, you're, you really need to focus on that regardless of if we're talking about CBD or, um, food or, you know, anything. And that's why like sleep is so important as Sarah and I talk about, but also really allowing your mind to rest, allowing your mind Mm -hmm. to, you know, do to, to let your brain, I'm assuming this is what happens. You tell me wrong. You tell me if the science doesn't work like that, Sarah, right. But I'm, I'm assuming that if your brain is like occupied with all this stress and different things and, and telling, you know, like busy with all the things that you need to think about and, you know, taxes and money and homeschool and, work from home and your boss is cranky. And then at the same time, like sending those signals to your body to rest and recover. Like that's, that's a dichotomy. Your, your brain can't kind of like do both of those at once. It's <laughs> you know what I mean? like one or the other. So, um, for me, I know that if I'm taking that large, larger dose of CBD for me, that I am deciding that what I'm doing during that time period is resting and recovering, that that is when I'm going to like binge a Netflix show, or that's when I'm going to sleep, or that's when I'm going to play Mahjong, like, um, and, and that's okay, because that's helping my body. And I, I, I think of that as a productive thing that I'm choosing to do for myself, if that makes sense. I love thinking about recovery time as productive. Um, I think that's a really great mindset to go into, you know, rather than, um, I think that taking recovery time can feel really selfish. Um, I certainly, you know, I, I will wait until I, you know, I feel like I've earned recovery time because I've checked all these things off my to-do list. And I love thinking about it as, um, no, this is productive. This is a, a thing on the to-do list because recovery is that important. I love, I love that mindset. I'm going to work on incorporating that mindset into my life. Good. Yes. Well, you know me, I am a go, go, go multitask control <laughs> freak. And so the only way that I've kind of been able to find this balance in my life is to say, okay, what I'm actively working on right now is recovering. What I'm actively working on right now is healing. Mm-hmm. And in telling myself that, I'm like, okay, that's what I'm deciding to do right now. And that's what I am doing instead of feeling like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I should be doing blah, blah, blah. Like all this like negative, guilty headspace stuff. That's yeah. not productive. You know, that's not helpful either. So good. I'm glad I was able to shed a little light. If you could see me, I just like did the sprinkle hand motion. Like, I don't know what I'm sprinkling, <laughs> but I'm I'm gifting it to everybody. My My glittery joy. These are my happy hormones after riding the bike, by the way, <laughs> like <laughs> for those people who are like, maybe you guys do have a little THC. No, I haven't even taken CBD yet this morning. <laughs> this is just my happy hormones from riding the bike. And um, I think that I don't, I just, I, I know that I have been on an emotional, emotional roller coaster with 2020. I think we all have, we've talked about it many times in the show and you've got to find the things that can bring that joy back to you. And it's okay to like feel those moments of downness, whatever they are. Right. But wallowing in them doesn't do any good. So to compile on top of that chronic pain or, you know, anything like that, it's overwhelming. It really, I've been there, I know, and it feels like a black hole you can't pull yourself out of. And um, I hope that this can be a tool to go back to Sarah's metaphor, that um, people can maybe people can hammer was try. not the right maybe hammer was not no, the right tool, but that's it okay. Feels, feels like yeah, it feels discordant to call the thing that helps you calm down the hammer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, I'm really 
glad to hear you mention chronic pain again, because um, there was a couple of studies that I thought they're just brand new. Like they were just published in 2020. Um, we, we've been bashing 2020 a lot, but there has been some good science this year. Um, and, uh, and I think these are really relevant, again, sort of for like understanding, not just from our like personal experience, but what the science is showing in terms of how um, potent CBD can be as an analgesic. So there was a study just published in January. They took um, 97 patients who had been on opioids for chronic pain for at least a year. They were between 30 and 65. It was roughly half and half men and women. And they gave them um, CBD in a soft gel capsule, which I should also mention, like one farm has oils. Um, I prefer the unflavored oil. It's just straight hemp oil, but they also have ones that are flavored with nothing crazy. Like there's no stevia or other junk in their oils. It's just um, essential oils. Um, and they have capsules if you would rather just take a capsule. Um, so in this study, the, the patients were given two capsules daily um, and it was a 15 milligram dose. So they were taking 30 milligrams throughout the day for eight weeks Three out of those 97 people basically was like, wait, this is a CBD study. I'm not doing that. Um, and so they <laughs> did not take their CBD. So of the 94 that did, um, they looked at a bunch of different measurements. So they looked at their opioid use, their other medication use, um, and then a bunch of different sort of like semi-quantitative analysis. So they looked at a sleep score, a couple of different pain scores, and a general health score. And what they actually showed in just eight weeks of, you know, two 15 milligram uh, CBD soft gel capsules a day, that over half of their chronic pain patients um, either reduced or completely eliminated their opioid use, which is amazing when you think about um, the current sort of opioid epidemic. Um, I honestly would not have believed that, except that I know for a fact having gone through it myself, that the CBD was actually more effective for me than the prescription pain yeah. medication that I was given for my back. And I never would have believed that unless I had experienced it myself. Like it's, it, that is incredible. And I'm so glad they've documented it in science. And I think it's such an opportunity, like you said, because of the addictive nature of opioids, because it comes with a high that yeah. you don't get with CBD, you know? Yeah. Exactly. So they also, they found um, overall their sleep score improved and like one of their different sort of semi-quantitative measurements of pain improved, which made sense. The other ones had like a statistical trend towards improving, but that basically means in order to sift out that magnitude effect, they needed a bigger number of people enrolled in the study. But what was really interesting to me about this, because we've talked already about the other impacts of CBD for, you know, anxiety and mental health, right? Like, and improving sleep. So they had um, uh, six participants um, re report that they either reduced or eliminated their anxiety medications. They had four participants reporting either reducing or eliminating their sleep medications as well. And like the three that refused to take CBD, they didn't reduce any medications, right? So they also had, uh, you know, and it's not like all of them were taking anxiety medications as well, or all of them were taking sleep medications. So that still represents a really significant effect um, that is like, wasn't the primary goal of the study. The primary goal of the study was to look at how effective CBD um, was for pain management. And what they showed was like, it had these other benefits. Uh, I mean, the benefit to sleep can also be like, if you're in pain, it's hard to sleep well. So if you manage to more effectively um, manage the pain with CBD compared to the opioids that these people were on before, that by itself could improve sleep. But we do know that CBD improves sleep. Again, we talked about a lot of the neurotransmitter impacts in episode 393. So if uh, if you're interested in in digging into more of that science, um, that's really useful. Um, but there was another study that I wanted to talk about that was also just published in 2020, Stacey. And this one I pulled because a like current 
brand new, just published studies are always so fascinating. But with this one, they used topical CBD. And, um, and I think it's sort of, you know, when you think about, say, putting a, um, like One Farms, um, like CBD um, pain cream on your back, and you think about, you know, how deep the spine is, it's sort of hard to think that um, that's really going to make a difference. Um, but this study showed that. So these were people with um, symptomatic peripheral neuropathy. So that is nerve-driven pain um, that's usually in, you know, legs and arms, hands and feet. Um, and, and they, in my case, my nerve pain is actually like caused by the back, but you feel it in your leg. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, like I was dragging my leg on the ground. I couldn't, right. I literally like couldn't lift my leg. That's not because my leg has a problem. That's because of my back. Right. <laughs> for, those, for those that have had the fortune to not experience this kind of pain, just making sure we're like all on the same page mm -hmm. as you I mean, describe. Yeah. Um, mechanistically, peripheral neuropathy is a little bit different than sciatica pain um, because peripheral neuropathy tends to be more related to inflammation more than pinching of nerves. But peripheral neuropathy is kind of like this catch-all term for, oh, look, you have, um, it's often like pain with either combined with like tingling or numbness or itching or burning sensations. Um, and so they took this group and they um, they gave them a, pro uh, the product was a CBD pain cream that had 250 milligrams of CBD in three fluid ounces. Um, so that's a, you know, given they're basically putting on whatever will absorb, um, it's a pretty modest dose. And they had a statistically significant, um, oh, and it was a crossover tri trial. So that's another cool thing. So it was a four-week trial where basically um, the patients were divided in half. Half started with placebo and then moved to treatment, and the other half moved from treatment to placebo. So this is a really good study design because it, everyone is their own control. But by having it in different orders, you basically get rid of the placebo effect of the, the psychology of it. And they were able to show that in just four weeks that they had a significant reduction in intense pain, sharp pain, cold and itchy sensations. Um, and they also, you know, reported no adverse events. I mean, that's the other thing I think that's really cool with CBD is that the safety profile is really high. Now, it has not been validated as safe for pregnant women. I think that's really important to, to mention. That is uh, an open question still. Um, but in you know, regular old adults, there's been studies looking at CBD um, as a therapy and for like epileptic seizures in kids. So there, there have been a lot of different safety studies done and, um, and other than pregnant women still being an open question. That's the other thing I think that's, that's really amazing about CBD is um, that the safety data is just so strong. I think that's interesting um, about pregnancy. Like, I'd be curious to, I think the the real, okay, this is me and not Sarah, the scientist talking, but the real problem is that they can't test things on women who are pregnant or breastfeeding in the event that there were adverse effects. Like yeah. they, you know, that, that risk is high. I would check on um, kellymom.com is always a great place where I found a lot of good, um, science-based and um, experiential information when I was um, like a pregnant and breastfeeding mom to learn about different things that had not yet been um, declared as okay or not with breastfeeding. Like if, if it were me, that's what I would do because um, there are so many things that are just deferred to as we don't know and therefore we can't recommend and therefore no. Um, but you can read some more on your own there. We're not like associated with them or anything. Honestly, I don't even know who owns or runs that. I know that it's been um, quite a few years for me since <laughs> I was a pregnant or a nursing mom. But um, well, I, I'm kind of like both not at all surprised and also blown away by the science on this. I'm excited to see that people are um, studying 
CBD at this point, given the positive effects that I've had. I hope that my personal experience motivates someone else to give it a try if they're if they're struggling with pain or anxiety, like we talked about in episode 393. Um, so I know you mentioned the things that you like from One Farm. I actually do prefer the flavored things. So Which flavor is your favorite? This will not surprise our listeners because... <laughs> It was funny, you and I were talking the other day and you were like, if I have a smoothie, it's a bad day. And I was like, <laughs> I, was like I love smoothies. I and um, you love, you love like just eating that raw green veg by yeah. the, of, of and by itself. And for me, you I'm like. blend it into a smoothie. Nope. Ugh. I'm like, I put it all in the smoothie and I'll gulp it down. <laughs> anyway, so it, should, it shouldn't surprise our listeners or there's that should word. Um, it won't surprise our listeners to hear that you like plain and I like flavored. Um, I like the lemon in the morning, uh, because if I do mint, I don't want to like eat anything else. You know what I'm like? It feels like you just brushed your teeth. Yes. Yes. So I actually do, if I'm gonna, um, I have both the lemon and the mint. And if I'm going to take one at night, I take the mint, um, like, you know, Right before you, bed. Because you recently brushed your teeth. Exactly. Yeah. But in the morning, I don't like the mint. I like I prefer the lemon because then I, it's not like keeping me from <laughs> eating anything else or whatever is, whatever it is I'm doing in the morning. And then, um, like I mentioned, I do have the topical cream. Um, and if someone has pain, like let's say, for example, we haven't mentioned this. I, I don't recall it being one of the things that you mentioned specifically as effective for pain management. But like... I can think of people with joint pain, like, you know, your knees hurt um, or whatever, just, you know, arthritis or whatever. Um, I could see that cream as being something that could be really beneficial um, on that. I don't know, you know, because the study that you shared is specific to nerve, like maybe cartilage and joints, it wouldn't be as effective, but I would give it a try because I, I think that it um, makes a difference on my back. So I could, I could imagine that it would be helpful. And certainly what's, what's the harm? Like if it doesn't, <laughs> then it doesn't, yeah. you know what I mean? And you've tried and you know, but um, I could see that as being a, a really great option for a lot of different people who experience different kinds of pain. So I hope this has been helpful. And um, if, if people have questions, they're welcome to reach out to me, us on social media as always. And I hope that you're subscribed to our emails where I do um, share more about this kind of stuff and um, on social media. So I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions, but of course, I'm not a medical professional. I can only speak to my own personal experience. And um, I just, I really, I know this sounds super corny, but even if just like one person <laughs> listens to this show and um, decides to give it a try and has a reduction in pain, like please let me know because that makes, that has such an impact to hear that we've helped in some sort of way, right? It gives, it gives us a continued sense of purpose and um, we love hearing from you and, and your story, if we could share it, if we hear from you helps others and motivates others as well. So um, I hope that we can, we have helped somebody today and that we hear from you. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in. And I just want to remind everyone that if they did want to try One Farm, which is the um, CBD that Sarah and I are using, um, you can go to onefarm.com slash the whole view or code whole view will get you 15% off. And thus concludes our 420 episode. <laughs> <laughs> It's so great that it's episode 420. Uh, it's perfect. Um, well, thanks again to One Farm for sponsoring this episode, and thank you for listening. Do you love the Whole View podcast? We'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen and share a podcast with your friends and family. And did you know that you can now get exclusive behind the scenes content on Patreon for less than the price of an almond milk matcha a month? Your Patreon membership supports us and gets you access to a monthly bonus episode. But not for kids' ears, because our bonus content is explicit. You can find us as The Whole View on Patreon for our real, unfiltered thoughts on this week's episode.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.